Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of the 66 to 87 podcast. Maybe we'll call this the TJ Watt Defensive Player of the Year uh, edition. Uh, maybe the Penguins could have used him at the end of the game against the Bruins the other night. We'll get to that in a little bit. But as always, joined by the great Dave Molinari, who is in Ottawa. Uh, as we are recording this uh, right after the Penguins' uh, 2 nothing win over the Senators uh, that allows them to uh, win two games in a row, breaking that four-game funk right before the break. I guess I should introduce myself. I'm Tom Reed, and uh, we'll have a lot of Penguins talk here in the next three segments. And uh, Dave, uh, the, the the drought is over. A couple of wins. I thought they played, after a shaky first period, played really well in Boston uh, to earn a win, come back and, and, and win a game. And then uh, Thursday night, it was more workmanlike, uh, one nothing until the final seconds uh, when Brian Russ adds the game, a uh, game clinching goal into an empty net. But two wins is two wins, and it's it's kind of getting them back on the right foot. Yeah, they uh, you know there was nothing uh, wildly entertaining or uh, particularly compelling about the. Uh, their game in Ottawa, but it was a, a nice, solid performance. And uh, Mike Sullivan and, and several players described it as, as one of their better overall performances of the year. It, you know, it, uh, it isn't going to take a whole up a whole lot of space on their highlights video this year, I don't think. But, uh, you know, aside from a few blem- blemishes, they gave up some breakaways. Uh, obviously, you don't want that to be a uh, regular feature. Uh, but you know, it was a pretty sound two-way effort and I, you know, it's, it's the kind of game that, that they want to play. And certainly that if they want to have any, uh, success in the playoffs, they'll have to be able to play on a regular basis. Uh, Dave, we, we talked a, an episode or two ago about City Crosby and, and numbers. And of course he did not get the, the 500 goal, uh, in Ottawa on Thursday night, uh, maybe on Sunday against the, the Devils. Uh, but again, uh, I always say that it's hard for me to define Sidney Crosby by numbers because he does so much. Maybe the number I would define him by is 200, as in 200 feet, because I thought in the third period of that game Thursday night, uh, Crosby just does those things that 
you know, a lot, of, a lot of times superstars, when you think of offensive superstars, they don't always do. Uh, breaks up a goes literally goes 125 feet to break up a play in front of the net where uh, a forward had, would have had a great shot on goal. It doesn't even result in a shot. And then at the very end, when Ottawa pressing for the tying goal, it's Crosby that makes the two pads stack, uh, blocks a shot, never gets to the net. And then a couple seconds later, he he uh, he assists on Russ' goal. Uh, just again, uh, he's such a consummate two-way player. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to think he might have a future in this game, Tom. <laughs> uh, no, he uh, he did have a very strong performance, and you know what was particularly impressive about what he did in the third period was that there was one point where he appeared to take a shot off the inside of his knee where there's really no padding and he hobbled to the bench and you know i was wondering if they were gonna have to put him out of his misery he just looked (laughs) to be in such great pain he didn't miss a shift (laughs) as evidenced by his play the rest of the way he certainly wasn't afraid to put himself uh you know in the the line of fire with pucks uh you know but uh, after all these seasons you you really expect nothing less from him no, and Brian Rust, I think he's just going to score every game now. He just some way, somehow. Now, empty netters are nice. They're easy. They, they, but he's playing so well. Uh, some good signs uh, from the top guys. Uh, Jeff Carter did score the goal in, 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 the, in the, uh, the, the week, what turned out to be the game-winning goal. Uh, but some, some decent signs, again, with Malkin, of course, missing the, the, these past two games in the COVID uh, department. And I thought, not that he was overworked, but again, a little bit good sign for Casey to Smith. Shut out. Again, not a lot of work. But he, in the second period, had to make some plays, had to make some saves when uh, Ottawa got a few partial breakaways and there were a couple of defensive breakdowns. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that you can expect Casey to Smith to be any better than perfect. And, you know, yep. that's what he was. He stopped every shot they, they threw at him. Um, you know, he didn't have to be spectacular uh, very often, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a, that's a tribute to the way uh, the guys played in front of him. And, uh, you know, he, he did everything that was uh, called upon, you know, for him him to do. Uh, I, I thought it was a, uh, a very nice, solid effort uh, on his part. And certainly, the, you know, the kind of game that the, the Penguins hope they can get from him on a regular basis, not necessarily a shutout, but that kind of solid, you know, if, if he plays that way, then I think he reaffirms his, his place as, uh, as a more than capable backup for, for Tristan Jari. David, I think the other thing that, that, that as you were saying, the, um, Sullivan and a couple of players were talking about how well they played. Now, when you look at the scoreboard, you say, well, one nothing to the last couple of seconds. But I think that game reminded me of a lot of the games earlier in the season uh, where they didn't give up a lot, where they, there was a lot of pressure. And, yeah, you, you, people will say that's the, oh, it's the Ottawa Senators. That's, a, that's not a bad team. I, I think no, that that's team, a- they're, they're missing some good players, but that team gives you effort every night. They certainly do, and there is some good young talent there. That yes, there is. Team, that team is going to cause a lot of people problems in a couple of years. In fact, I mean, they do already. But 
that I expect that team to be a, a real force in the league in, in a few years, assuming it can stay on the uh, the same trajectory that it's on now. I mean, that was really a uh, land of the lost not so long ago. Yeah. But uh, you know, they're rebuilding a pretty nice, uh, pretty nice team there, and uh, I, I, you know. I, Ottawa is a place where the Penguins have traditionally, you know, had tough times anyway, much, much as is the case with uh, their next game, uh, New Jersey. Um, and uh, no, I, I think anybody who says, well, it was just the senators is uh, no, no, really I, underestimating the, the team that the Penguins. Yeah. That's face. a, that's a team you have to work to play against. I think they gave uh did they not give Carolina a rough ride uh, since the? I've been trying to think back. Well, only if you consider beating them a rough ride. <laughs> yeah. They, they, so, <laughs> and of course, old friend Matt Murray seems to. As you wrote about uh, this week in uh, a couple of days ago in uh, on DK Pittsburgh Sports. It seems good for him. He's he's had a rough time since he's been up there, uh, but he's, he's been playing pretty well. Made some nice saves in the game uh, against the Penguins. Yeah, he he ended up being the uh, the number one star of the game, and and while you can say, well, he gave up one more goal than than Casey DeSmith, he also faced uh, yeah. you know more good shots than than Casey DeSmith did. Uh, no, he he played very well. Uh, <laughs> if you uh, if you hold the Penguins, you know, to to effectively one goal, you throw out the Russ empty netter in, in that conversation. Uh, you've probably had a, a pretty solid night and Matt Murray uh, certainly did. Oh, we'll wind up the first segment with this uh, for, for Penguins fans, especially ones that are holding tickets for that Tuesday night game. I think there's some selfishly, they would love to see Crosby's uh, 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 quest for 500, maybe stall out for one more game, get a win, but let him do that at home. I was really happy. He did not do it in a virtually empty arena. And I didn't want to see him score into an empty net in an empty arena. So uh, those people that have tickets for the Tuesday night game against Philadelphia are probably wanting to see a win Sunday, but maybe have Crosby get three assists and 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 get the game, get that goal at home. I mean, even last year, what did he sell? Was it milestone? What was it? One thousand games? Yeah, yeah, he did that in an empty arena. It would be nice to see him now that it's they're one game away. I personally would love to see him do that at uh, PBJ, PBG Paints Arena. Yeah, I, I'm sure that's, uh, you know, <clears throat> you're not the only one holding that opinion. Um, if it's Crosby, I'm I'm guessing that he would like to get it as quickly as possible. Sure. Um, it probably doesn't really matter to him whether, you know, if, if he scores it into an empty net, that uh, pretty much guarantees that the Penguins have won the game. And I think that would be... Uh, you know, what he prioritizes over the, uh, the nature of the goal. But yeah, I mean, you would like to think that it would be, you know, <clears throat> maybe uh, scored from one knee or yeah. on a, a crazy backhander, you know, one of, one of his trademark type goals. But I'm guessing that means a lot more to uh, other people than, than it does to Crosby. Sure. I, I'd like to see it. One of those, he, he, he may be the best bad angle goal scorer I've ever seen and he tries it all the time and I love it I love that he shoots from those really sharp angles uh, he tried a couple on Matt Murray uh, uh, Thursday night I think Murray had seen enough of him that 
knew those shots were coming. He surprises some goalies. All right, we're going to move on. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about – we talked a lot about, about the Ottawa win. Uh, we touched on the Boston win, but obviously there was a lot of news coming out of that game uh, with Boston uh, involving Brad Marchand, and we'll get to that when we come back on the 66-87 podcast. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome back to the 606087 podcast. Um, Dave, uh, I want to look back at that the 4 2 win. We, 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 we touched on it against Boston the other night. Again, after a, a really sketchy first period, they got their legs, got the win. But I think most people are talking about how the game ended uh, with Brad Marchant, uh, you know, involved in a scrum in front of the net. There had been one or two other incidences in the game with Tristan Jari, including one where Tristan Jari was trying to flip a puck to a fan and Brad Marchant in classic Brad Marchant fashion, like knocked the puck off his stick, did not allow him to do it. That's kind of more of the pest Brad Marchant that we mostly know. Uh, what followed next though was, uh, I don't want to quite say shocking, but it was, it was a wild ending, uh, a stupid move on Marchand. And, uh, and to me, we'll get to this in a second, a selfish move uh, ends up punching uh, Tristan Jari in the helmet uh, with his glove. And if that wasn't enough, after the Penguins kind of got him pulled back, he then skates by on his way to the bench, puts the stick, raises it up into his face. Now, obviously he has a mask on, uh, but waves his stick, uh, made some contact with his uh, head region uh, and has since been suspended for six games uh, for an, just an idiotic uh, display at the end of the game. I, I just your thoughts when you see that, and and did the NHL get this one right? Um, 
you know, you, you never know what to expect from the Department of uh, Player <laughs> Safety. Right. Uh, you know, I, I think they probably came down, given his history, a little bit on the light side. I think eight to ten games wouldn't have been out of line. You know, he's got a rap sheet that you know goes back a lot of years and has a lot of incidents on it. And was already uh, suspended this year for a slew foot for three games. Uh, the fact that he had an in-person meeting uh, meant that it, he, he could get he was probably going to get more, and he did. Um, I, I wonder this, David, and, and this drives me crazy. We've talked about this in the past. The fact that there was no injury there probably saves him multiple games, and that shouldn't factor into the, the thinking, in my opinion. No, it certainly shouldn't. I mean, it, the, you know... The, the the intent or, or the willingness at least to to hurt Jari is was pretty evident. Uh, the fact that he failed to do so, you know, I'm not sure that that would uh, you know is something that should work in, in Marshawn's favor. Um, I guess there's a difference between on a much higher level murder and attempted murder, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's you can't say that. Uh, you know, Marshawn was just trying to scare him or something. No. That uh, uh, seemed much like a uh, a deliberate attempt to injure an opposing player. And that, you know, I, uh, I don't see how there can be any tolerance for that sort of thing. And fair play to the officials on ice. They gave him a match penalty, which automatically puts it at least in George Peros's hat. George Peros has to deal with it at that point. Uh, I thought that was a very good move by them. And again, you might say, well, how would they not? We've seen other things not get a, deemed a match penalty. Uh, that Actually, I've seen things worse than that, not get a match penalty. But I thought the officials did a nice job there. Be- because what really, it was one of those situations, Dave, and we've seen this. We've seen guys snap, at, you know, in, in an instant. It just that that it, it happens, the adrenaline's rushing, a guy punches a guy or sticks a guy. But Marshawn had time. Now, now it, it does look like Jari says something to him, but Christ, Marchant says stuff all the time to people. So for him to then jump into the pile, punch the guy, and then have another four to five seconds, maybe more, to kind of calm himself down. But no, then he goes back at him again. Is to me, I mean... My goodness, he's he is a lucky boy. To as you to your to your point, he's a lucky boy to only get six games. Yeah, and you know something that that occurred to me a, a day or so later is that you know this isn't necessarily a good thing for the Penguins <laughs> that Marshawn got suspended at all uh, during those six games. Uh, the Bruins will play three Metropolitan Division teams. They, mm, played, yeah. they played the first of those on Thursday night and got ransacked by the, uh, the Hurricanes. And uh, they will still uh, have games uh, coming during his suspension against the Rangers and the Islanders. Uh, you know, a suspension might have worked in the Penguins' favor if they were playing the Bruins sometime during those six games. But as it is... 
uh, Boston is just going to be without one of its best forwards when it's playing teams that, uh, you know, the Penguins are directly competing against. And that's all compounded by the absence of Patrice Bergeron, who got right. uh, hurt in the Penguin game. And, you know, there's probably still some aftershocks from the retirement of Tuka Rask. Yeah, this is we so. we've we've talked about this. That it does seem like the 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 eight teams that are in playoff position will be the eight teams, but Boston is you know, and and you I love I think we both really we love we love we love Patrice Bergeron's game, and we hope that he gets back in the lineup soon. But we know that he has a history of concussion. I'm sure Crosby felt terrible. If I'm sure fans have seen it by now, kind of an incidental coming together of those two players uh you know um uh bergeron goes down uh looks like a head injury uh we don't know when he's going to be back uh but that point right there that happens in the third period of this game brad marsh 33 year old brad marchant not a rookie brad marchant this is where the selfish part of it comes into it he has somewhere in the back of his mind they have three really, really good forwards, like terrific forwards, Pasternak, who scored the two goals, and and Marchand, and of course, Bergeron. How can Bergeron take himself out for six games when he knows that uh, uh, he knows that Bergeron's probably going to be out for a while? And I give Bruce Cassidy credit. He was the only one that really came even close to criticizing Marchand for, for just a stupid act. Yeah, well, you know, uh, he's one of the ones who's really going to suffer from what Marshawn did. You know, he's trying to coach a team that's uh, missing two of its uh, premier players. Uh, so, you know, there's no way that Cassidy could be happy with it. I guess perhaps he deserves credit for saying so publicly, but I'm sure that uh, behind closed doors, he would oh. have been uh, saying, you know, gee, Brad, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, it was selfish. It was stupid. Um, but well, you know, the Penguins might on some level be happy that, uh, Marshawn is, is being punished for something he did to one of their players. As I say, it it ultimately on a, on a practical level, it's not doing them any favors. Yeah. And and, and I've, I've, Full disclaimer, I, I like the guy. I've always liked Brad Marchand. I've liked dealing with him. He's a terrific, we, we, we both know he's a terrific player beyond the the, the antics on the ice. And that's, that's, that's a big loss for them. Um, I want to get you one more thought on this in this segment before we move on. Uh, so obviously Marchand does what he does. There have been, there, there have been raised the, the, the question, and I think it's a fair one to ask. Are you surprised that no one on the ice in that situation with 24 seconds left in, in the game, a game that was dead, uh, the Penguins were going to win it, does not go over there and challenge him or something? We see guys challenge guys all the time for clean blow-up hits. I mean, it, it happens, seems like every couple weeks where we see one of these plays on a good, clean body check. And next thing you know, the gloves are off and other guys coming in and sticking up for his teammate. Are you surprised that no one from the Penguins there uh, challenged him or, I mean, at least got in his face, a face wash or anything? Yeah, I mean, I have uh, like mixed views on it. Yeah. I don't think Crosby saw what happened. 
Okay. Uh, uh, bearing in mind, I was not in, in the arena. So, mm -hmm. um, but I think Chris Letang did see it. And I think he tried to go after Marshawn and got intercepted. Um, you know, I, I guess ultimately the, the merits uh, of the approach uh, that the other guys on the ice took came down to what their motivation yeah. for that particular course of action was. If, if they were intent on, on showing discipline, uh, you know, and not risking, you know, retaliatory penalties and, and things like that, possibly suspensions of their own if they got carried away, you know, that's a plus for them. But if they just wanted to turn their backs after something, you know, a, a, an egregious attack on a guy who's been their most valuable player this season and, and, you know, say, you know, let bygones be bygones, I would find that to be pretty troubling. You know, for, for better or for worse, there, there's a, a, a code in the game that you, you know, when uh, when one of your teammates is attacked in that way that you retaliate yeah or at and, least and, respond and credit and i will credit our our columnist uh dejan kovacevic writing about that a, a separate column you can go back and read that column of just wondering the same thing um this is your mvp i mean no no offense to Sidney Crosby, who's always the MVP, but Tristan Jari has is saving saving their butt game after game this year, and you do wonder what that that what that looked to other teams in the conference, and you wonder how Brian Burke and and Ron Hextall viewed that. And again, I, I'm not you're 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 taking the very uh, a very measured look at this and, and you're trying to look at it from both sides and so am I, but I do wonder what those guys, when, when they saw that and nothing done, because I don't think anyone would have cared. Again, you don't want to get, you don't want to do something crazy. You don't want anyone leaving the bench. You don't want anyone from the bench getting involved. Uh, but just, again, you don't have to, you don't have to drop your gloves and pound the guy, but really like, you know, get in his face wrestling match whatever i mean it's, it's not tom wilson by the way it's brad marchand um I, I was a little surprised i i i must admit that i i thought that somebody on the ice and again it wasn't the, it was their skilled line but I, and maybe they were just in shock that it happened and to your point maybe crosby didn't see it but i i am a little surprised that that, that no one uh addressed it no, that uh, that's certainly a, a fair perspective, and I, I'm pretty confident that based on the video I've seen, that Crosby did not see yeah. what happened. That's a good point. But, you know, that I do not know. I have not spoken with him since the incident, so you know, I I don't know his perspective on it. But uh, I can't believe you know, given his leadership abilities. Uh, that if he knew what had gone on, that that he wouldn't have reacted yeah, in some we, and way. We've seen it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and the other thing is, I, I, I bet you Crosby, his thoughts were, uh, again, he and Patrice Bergeron have played together internationally before. I'm sure he felt bad about what happened to a, a terrific player, and, and I, I, I assume, uh, if not a friend, certainly a, a very good acquaintance. Uh, for Team Canada. All right. Yeah, and I mean, especially given, you know, that uh, Crosby has a concussion history of his own. Absolutely, yes. He could, you know, 
certainly empathize with oh. uh, with what Bergeron is going through. Although, uh, you know, as of this time, uh, it's not been announced that he has a uh, a right. concussion. But boy, it's it's hard to believe that he doesn't. Yeah, and like I said, I, I we I hope for the best for Patrice Bergeron. I think everyone one of the Wonderful classiest. Player classiest players in the league so all right we'll be back in the third segment we're going to talk a little bit about Kasperi Kapanen and we're going to talk about a rule that was so enforced at the beginning of the year and here we are in in February and it's we're starting to see it creep away we'll tell you what that is when we come right back The 6687 podcast. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into uh, the mystery that is Casperi uh, Capita in a minute. But Dave, uh, another example uh, uh, Thursday night. One one last thing going back to the game in Ottawa. In the third period, uh, we see a play <laughs> which uh, Sidney Crosby takes a solid cross check, puts him down, uh, and hey, that's that's the way the game's always been played. But this year. This year, the NHL said none of that. No more of those cross checks in front of the net. That kind of those kind of cross checks where guys are getting knocked out of the play. Uh, uh, we're going to start calling that. And true to form, October and November. Uh, I don't want to say it was zero tolerance. Kind of like we still see. I give the NHL credit. They've been pretty good about the hands. You know, protecting the hands of the of the puck carrier and with slashes. Uh, but in, in what is normal, the case with the NHL, they make rules and then backslide as the season goes on. Dave, I'm noticing this more and more in the last couple of weeks that 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 those kind of plays that were not tolerated in the first two months of the season are now being allowed to happen again as though the rule was never going to be enforced. Yeah, I wish I could say that... Uh... I didn't agree with your observation, but it's uh, it's spot on and it's uh, unfortunate. And it's it's something we've talked about. You and I have talked about this. You have have have, have taken this your case to the coaches and management about you know when, when they talk about not necessarily having to have defensemen there. It's more about positioning. This is not a Penguin core of defensemen with a lot of snarl back there. And and the game has, in my opinion, changed over the last four or five years since they last won a cup. And if if the rules were going to be continue to call like that, then maybe that's okay. Maybe maybe you're okay. There's not going to be as physical play in front of the net. But this is stuff that the, the Penguins are going to have to. To me, they're going to have to say, okay, if if you're not going to call that, we're going to take liberties too, and 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 force their hand on this. It's just it's. It's classic NHL. I, I feel like my whole this whole show has been me bitching about the NHL and officiating and, and stuff like that. But it, it's it drives me crazy when the league says we're going to crack down on something, and you can just you can see it backsliding. So you would hope that the Penguins uh, aren't afraid to use the lumber uh, and point it out to the fact that it's starting to get the team, other teams are getting away with it. 
Yeah, um, you know the the penguins as currently constituted. Uh, you know, you, you're not going to see them violently uh, clearing the, the the front of the net. That's not the way they're built uh, by any means. I they did uh, give them credit Thursday night in Ottawa. I thought the defense uh, did a really good job of of boxing out the Senators around the net. Yeah, which which is the way you have to play in theory in, in today's game and, you know, tying up sticks and that sort of thing. But you, you really do have to, uh, to wonder if uh, the absence of, uh, of a net clearing guy when, uh, <clears throat> when that's being tolerated at, at the league level uh, the way it is of late, uh, you know, if that's not going to cause a problem for them. Dave, uh, Kasperi Kapanen, who you had mentioned uh, off air, uh, you thought had a was more noticeable Thursday night. Uh, I would say that might be a little bit of a low bar right now, given uh, that he has one goal in his last 14 games. I think nine goal, goals overall. Um, we know that he played pretty well last year, had a good chemistry uh, with Evgeny Malkin and Malkin, is just now getting back in the lineup and of course missed missed these last two games because of covid but dave where are you with this guy uh we we, we went through the individual players the other day you i thought got a pretty good synopsis of him but i do wonder as we get closer to the trade deadline what is management what are they hoping to see here or it would there be a chance that if if this continues toward the trade deadline you might be looking to maybe move this guy if, because he doesn't, he doesn't, well, you answer first and then I'll come back with my next point. Well, I, I certainly think that if, if there's something that, uh, that the Penguins decide they would like to add um, be, before the deadline, that Kapanen is an asset that they would be willing to part with. On the other hand, they would obviously be selling low. Um, Correct. Because right. any team that would have scouted him this season uh, could not have been impressed by what it saw. Um, if they, you know, do decide that they would uh, be interested in shopping him around simply for the sake of shopping him around, well, you know, one of my first calls would be to Jim Rutherford mm. in Vancouver, who, you know, obviously likes Kapanen. He drafted him and then he traded to reacquire him. Yeah. Of course, in between, he did trade him, but, uh, you know. As Jim was wont to do. Yeah. um, (laughs) I think that, uh, you know, perhaps there would be a fit there. I I don't know exactly how, you know, what the rebuilding plan in Vancouver looks like. I don't know if if Rutherford would have an interest in Kapanen, but I would, you know, if I decided to move him, that's certainly one of the first avenues that I would explore. And it's not as though he, he's a 20 goal scorer in this league now, several years ago, uh, had a pretty decent year last year. We had his dad, we had his dad, Sammy on the show. I, I remember Sammy saying that if the kid played on the first power play unit, he might be able to score 40 goals. And I don't think either one of us like fell out of our chairs when he said that They're like, all right, maybe, I mean, the speed is there. Uh, he's got some nice hands. Uh, he's admitted that he's not having a good season. He's been taken off that line with Malkin a couple times recently. 
but but my 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 concern with him is when he is not scoring what else does he bring to the game we talk we've talked about this often with Jason Zucker and we and obviously he's not in the lineup right now but when Zucker's not scoring which has been often the case with the penguins he's he's working hard he's physical there's there's other ways that he can contribute and i'm not sure what else what else Kapanen does when he is not uh, on the on the score sheet. Yeah, it's you know it, he's, uh, he's certainly offense is what you expect most from him. And you know it, what troubles me, and it, this was something I didn't see so much on on Thursday night, uh, was that you know he tends to you know when he carries the puck into the offensive zone to just kind of curl away rather than driving to the net. Right. And, you know, that's, that's really true. And I thought that on, on Thursday night, he was uh, more assertive than usual. Um, you know, he, I, there were a couple of times when he fought through hits along the boards and, and that sort of thing that, you know, <clears throat> it's at least an indication that he's capable of, of doing that sort of thing. You know, doing it uh, in one game certainly doesn't mean that it will happen on a regular basis. But, you know, it, that was a, you know, a baby step toward, yeah. you know, possibly getting his season back on track. But there's an awful long way to go. And, and I can't say with any particular confidence that, that it will happen. Um, he, you know. As we talked about before the season, there was, uh, you know, he shaped up as as the X factor for this team. Yeah. And, um, you know, it has certainly not been a capital X to this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, I, I think he's had a uh, a more disappointing season than, than probably just about anybody anticipated. Yeah. And and, and, and the skill is there. We, and again, he has a track record where he's put up some he's again, a 20 goal scorer. Uh, and again, if he can get his game going, could be a huge addition to this team down the stretch and into the playoffs. Uh, but he is a frustrating player, I think, probably to coach and and manage when he's in this kind of seasonal funk. Uh, where again, he's he's not a penalty killer. He's not doing other things to help the team. Um, like you said, it's a good step that he was, a, and he was, he was more assertive Thursday night. Uh, I just think he's got to get going here or he is someone that when we talk about if they, if they're looking to add some other element to the game that they feel like they're missing going into the trade deadline, it would not shock me if his name, if he doesn't kind of pop out of it here in the next couple of weeks, his name could surface. As, as as someone who who might be dangled uh, for 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 another need. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Um, that's it for us this week on the sixty six to eighty seven podcast. I'm going to say with a lot of confidence, the next time that we talk, Sidney uh, Crosby will have his five hundredth goal uh, somewhere along the lines. He may have six against the, the Flyers on Tuesday night. For Dave Molinari, this is Tom Reed. We'll talk to you next time on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network.